Sanbunan, Tobed. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Khoyanam, Thomas and Ira. It's indeed a great pleasure for me as well. A very special honor to be here with you this evening. And, and so let me also begin by acknowledging our colleagues and friends in the house. Um, I want to <coughs> acknowledge your your grandparent, the Deputy Vice Chancellor of Student Affairs and Internationalization and Advancement, uh, Professor Maluleka. You can see it doesn't have hair anymore because of student affairs. <coughs> and we have the acting chief parent. Godfrey Helan, who is our acting executive head of student affairs. <coughs> so I'm just introducing those two colleagues uh, so that uh, uh, you can be aware that the leaders from student affairs <coughs> are also present here this evening. And so let me also then acknowledge the executive dean, uh, Professor Van Lille. Uh, and of course, uh, the innovator in chief of this award, Umoipon Mlotse. Let me also take time to, to acknowledge um, our partners uh, in the NYDA, um, represented by Nswaki this evening very well. Many thanks. <coughs> and of course, our other sponsors and, and partners, um, some who were unable to make this evening. Um, <clears throat> I also want to take this opportunity to express also my personal and sincere appreciation to our adjudicators and judges. Uh, we're deeply grateful that you could find the time to to partake in this very important task. And we're deeply grateful that you did so from what we could hear from Gipsy uh, vigorously, <coughs> that you had a vigorous interaction about these matters. Uh, thank God there were no fisticuffs, uh, but certainly it, it appears as if it was a vigorous encounter. <coughs> and. Uh, and we're deeply grateful for your contributions. Uh, we also look forward to our guest speaker uh, this evening, Daryl, um, who I'm certain will inspire and uh, challenge our young people this evening. So, <clears throat> what is the purpose of university? May well be the question. And what does a university do in this business of entrepreneurship and innovation? Why should the university be excited about this and have an interest in this? And of course we know that universities are in the business of, of nurturing young minds, of nurturing the talent that must lead our enterprises, 
our communities that must lead our state that must take responsibility for taking our nation forward. And so universities have that important task of of making it possible for nations to thrive, not just to survive, but to thrive, and to accomplish great things, and ultimately to accomplish greatness for themselves, and their families, for our communities, for our nation, for the enterprises that we're part of, for the public enterprises that are so important. Um, in our daily lives. <clears throat> but of course we know that, that, that at, at its core, universities are responsible for knowledge production. Universities are fundamentally communities of scholars, of academics, whose, whose existence is about in the first instance, knowledge at the cutting edge, and then dissemination through teaching and learning of, of, of that knowledge. I, I just saw the, the president of the SRC, I forgot, uh, let me also therefore acknowledge Mr. Levi said, uh, who I see also has great interest. Oh, thanks, Kit also has great interest, listens with, listening with great interest to my uh, observations. Um, apologies. <clears throat> so the second thing that, that we are in the business about is therefore research at the edge, at the frontiers of knowledge, whether in the social sciences and humanities, in the business sciences, or on the other extreme, in science, engineering, health sciences, technology. And so why do we do this? Why are we expected to do this? We expect it to do this because society has established universities as iconic institutions as apex institutions. I don't want to say next to the church, but okay. I don't want to say next to the mosque or next to the synagogue or the temple. Right? We have a slightly different space, although we look like the church in particular. The robes that we don, the, the, the hair stuff that we wear, and so we look like the church but we're slightly different. We have a slightly different role. We expect it not to rely too much on religion as a basis for the construction of knowledge, for innovation, and so on. But of course, as we know, in, in, in recent times, but not only in recent times, but also in the centuries before, <coughs> universities had nurtured and had spawned outstanding intellectuals, 
And I'm not going to go now into the ancestry of the African University or the ancestry of the Middle Eastern University or the ancestry of, of the European or North American University or Latin American University because there, there's a fascinating account there as well. But all that we know is that universities have always been at the frontier always been at the frontier of knowledge production and of the dissemination of that knowledge for application in society. So yes, I'm not going to get into a debate again about useful knowledge and useless knowledge. Universities are not only in the business of applied research and applied knowledge, because the basis, by the way, of applied research and applied knowledge is fundamental in basic research and basic knowledge can't exist without the other they don't exist without the other if applied research or application of research is not founded on basic research then it is shallow then it has feet of clay then it is thin. But that is a debate for another day. I'm simply drawing attention to this chain, value chain, this ecosystem comprising of basic research and applied research, and therefore our ability to take downstream idea, innovation, tech transfer, startup, commercialization, or commercialization, startup. And that's what universities have been doing. It's not new. But it is a fact that we're not in good shape in South Africa. We're not in good shape because the evidence and the experience tells us that as many as 60% of our young people are unemployed. So what do universities do? Close to 40% in real term of our population is unemployed. Our economy is growing at a snail pace of 2%. This year, we've got 711,000 young people writing matric exams or school leaving exams. Almost 600,000 full time, so 100,000 more than last year are busy with exams. So, what's going to happen when they leave school next year? 150,000 might get into university and to the universities of technology. Where's the rest go? And so, it does mean that our universities are simply not playing the role that they should be playing. I'm not saying universities are the silver bullet. No, not the holy grail. But universities are a critical part of this ecosystem that enables nations to grow their economies through innovation and entrepreneurship. 
entrepreneurial activity and innovation. Okay, I've got to come to an end right now soon. Because uh, we're looking forward to the guest speaker this evening, not to my observations. Um, and so it is evident that our universities are not spawning, nurturing and spawning the innovators and the entrepreneurs at scale that will enable our nation and our region and our continent to flourish. It might be interesting to study Ghana, where economic growth is closer to 8%, and to understand what is spawning that process of, of innovation, uh, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial activity, and, and why South Africa is struggling. So yes, the university at its core is not responsive, is not playing its role. But at the same time, our socio-political culture is one that still lives in our history. It's one that is still struggling to give life to an innovative and entrepreneurial culture. And of course, black economic empowerment in the manner in which it is unfolded, not at its source as an idea, as a policy, is absolutely essential. There's no debate about that in my mind. We've had colonialism, which favored a particular language-speaking group. We've had apartheid that favored a particular language-speaking group. And therefore, for, for entrepreneurs, leading entrepreneurs from ShopRite and so on, to suggest that BE is inappropriate when they themselves were spawned by an earlier version of affirmative action is somewhat, somewhat, somewhat problematic. But So I'm not interested in that debate. I'm simply suggesting that black economic empowerment has not spawned in substance and at scale entrepreneurs and innovators. And so we have to see how this unfolds in the future and how, apart from the, the empowerment of a few, that's another debate, how are we going to spawn entrepreneurs of substance that are builders, that are creators of wealth? So the transfer of wealth is good, but how do we use that as a platform to build, to nurture, to grow. So that's where then, by, by the way, one, one, one quick, quick, quick note um, as well. <clears throat> All of the research shows that when comparing South Africa with West Africa, even in Southern Africa, 
with East Africa, with North Africa. The so-called notion of early stage entrepreneurial activity is way below that of our peer nations. Research shows that you ask a North American, especially let's pick on a region, let's not pick on Silicon Valley, let's pick on the northeastern part of the U.S., Boston, down, Virginia, down. You interview young people like yourselves, I'm not saying you know, like yourselves. You ask them, so what are your plans? 80% say, I'm not looking for a great job. I'm going to build my enterprise. You come to South Africa, you ask the question. 90% say, I'd like a great job. That's what I'm here for, especially a government job. Because <laughs> it's, it's the safest job. Perception is it's the safest job. I can get a good pension eventually on my job. And so, yes, I appreciate that this is part of a psychosis. It's part of a, of, of a, 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 a serious hangover from our history difficult and complex history, but we have to begin to to press along now, to press on. Time's running out. We've got to press on. And so we need entrepreneurs. We need innovators to build this economy, to grow to 7-8% per annum. We're in a desperate stage. We're in, we're in, a, we're in, we're in a critical moment. And so when my partner and uh, Professor Van Lille came to me and said, hey, Mr. Vice-Chancellor, how do you see this idea of ours? I didn't think twice. All that I said was, okay, if you've got, if you're asking for 100,000 rands, Put 50 on the table and I'll find 50. That's all. And so we kicked it off as we said, and this evening we've reached, we've reached this point. And since we're in this building here, I thought I'd just throw out four names since we're in the Faculty of Management, School for Tourism and Hospitality. And so the CEO of a fascinating company called Bid or Buy. Jako Jonker, how many of you know him? He's a graduate of the University of Johannesburg. He's an alumnus of the University of Johannesburg. How many of you know Clifford Ross? The founder of City Lodge Group. He's a graduate of this university, of this school in particular. So how many of us know Arthur Gillis? the founder of Protea Hotels. He's a graduate of this university. 
So how many of us know Len Volman? He's a founder and CEO of the Waterford Group in the US. And if you don't know what that stands for, they own several leading hotel properties in the US. Um, Hilton Hotels. Um, what's the other favorite group in the US now? What are the other hotel groups in the US? Uh, Sheraton, Sheraton, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So Gaming Enterprises, he's the founder and CEO of this company, an executive chairman of the company, also a graduate of this school. So I've just picked on people who've come out of this school as examples of entrepreneurs that we need to study and find time to examine and talk to. Bring them to you to come and talk to you. We every so often bring uh, Saul Kersner out here to come and talk. It's extraordinary. It's just opened a new one and only resort in China um, at age 70 plus. He still is in the design, in the innovation phase. So, I offer you those names as examples of, of men, and I look around this evening and I know amongst you will be women. So not just men, but women will come out of your group who 20 years from now we will be able to hold up, even less than 20 years, be able to hold up and say, these are the women who are building this economy in this country and beyond. And so I say to you, congratulations. Um, it's a great privilege and a special honor to, to be here with you this evening and to simply observe um, and to be grateful and thankful to you as individuals, to those who are gonna mentor and coach you in the days ahead. I should say that this is an important part of the work that we're doing, and I'm going to stop you now, Booty. <coughs> Apologies. Um, <laughs> uh, we have a, an operation called Resolution Circle. So what's it all about? It's about technology, innovation, startups. Together with the Skills Development Fund, the university is investing 350 million rands in this outfit called Resolution Circle. So Resolution Circle does a few things. We have many of our students in technology programs unable to get placement to do their work integrated learning. And when this outfit is up and running on our Dorenfontein campus, we will have a thousand stations available, accredited by industry. So it's not some shop shop operation, you know, spaza shop operation. Accredited by industry where our young people can do their P1 and their P2 training. But also, our BSc engineering students need to do a fourth year project. A very important project, part of their work. And 
we create through Resolution Circle the opportunity for them, together with the P2s, to interface with the industry. Some exciting projects that they are busy with there. I don't have the time to go through you. But they're basically in the field of, of, of technology and innovation. We've just about sold out all the floors of the new building that we have just purchased, just down the road, on Empire Road. Old Telly Shua, the old auto and general building, nice building that we have bought. It's the University of Johannesburg. It's part of this 350 million rands investment, which will be our innovation hub, bringing industry, bringing our students like yourself, bringing academics in the same room, in the lab. So not a garage, right? The garage is the lab. It's available there for you to take your ideas. You'll have a full ecosystem in support of you there. You will also have 3D printing to help you print the first hundred of your prototypes so that you can go to market. Uh, you will have the full ecosystem, as I say, from helping you patent this thing for free. You will patent your idea for free for you, right? And so it's an exciting initiative. And I'm hoping that this initiative and that initiative in two to three years' time will demonstrate what is required urgently to drive innovation. Uh, not only it's a nice idea, but to build and create the ecosystem to enable these ideas to flourish um, and, and to take off. So on that note, congratulations again. Apologies for my lengthy remarks. Congratulations and well done.